I wanted to join the circus ever since I was a lad. And when I became of age, here's the first job I ever had. Selling peanuts, popcorn, and crackers, peanuts, popcorn, and crackers. I dream somehow, some way, I'd move up in the world one day. She was the trapeze artist. Greetings, grandstanders. Welcome to another fine edition, a huckstering edition of Grandstand Podcast. Today, our producers have prepared a fabulous, fine show for for you all. Uh, hope you uh, hope you enjoy it. But uh, before we move on to all of that, let me introduce my partner in crime, the professor, checking in from the Big Apple. How are you, professor? Doing great. How are you guys? Doing fabulous. How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was nice. Nice and uh, stayed home, uh, nice and cozy, and um, got some rest. Good, good. Well, we had uh, we had a fabulous Thanksgiving. We went up to to visit um, Rafael Palmer up in Big Sur. We'll, we'll talk maybe a little bit about that later. But um, it was the longest two weeks. Did it feel like a long time since we've uh, had a conversation, Professor? Yeah, yeah. It's like one week of, of total rest and relaxation and then one week to totally destroy and fucking fuck all the beauty of that vacation that I had. Just just <laughs> yeah. went away, disappeared. Now I'm back in it. I don't even know why I take a break anymore. Um, yeah. So, yes, uh, Professor, make sure you um, buffer us from the, from any pedantic tomfoolery today because I'm really looking forward to this episode. Today we're going to be talking about uh, vendors uh, vendors like the people who, who in uh, at, at ball games who bring you who sell you things in the stands in the grandstand. And for those of you who don't know, the the professor was a vendor in a past life, right, professor? Yeah, that was my my first job. First job. So 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 our grandstanding runs pretty deep here, uh, uh, evidenced by the as evidenced by the uh, professor being a a vendor in the grandstand. And another person who was a vendor in the grandstand is today's uh, guest. He is now back for the third time, uh, tying the record for most appearances with Dan uh, One Time Tex. Um, Mr. Rafaga Palmer, how are you? I'm doing very well, very well. Thank you very much for having me. Where are you joining us from today, Rafa? I'm lovely Big Sur, California, on the central coast of California, for those of you that are not familiar. And and most people don't know that Big Sur is not an actual town, right? There is no town. It's a uh, depending on who you talk to, what travel magazine you read. It's uh, either <laughs> seventy miles of coastline or ninety miles of coastline, if you want to include San Simeon in uh, that area. But uh, a very majestic seventy miles of coastline here in California. And you're right, 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 smack in the middle of it, right? Right in the pretty much the epicenter of uh, of Big Sur. Um, the commercial district, if you might, is where all the shops and restaurants are, right off Highway One. Yeah, so it was it was uh, we were up there for a week, and it was majestic, beautiful, and amazing, and life changing, uh, if you will. Rafa, you were also a vendor. I was. It was also my first job. You yes. and you and uh, you and the professor were together. Yes, actually, the professor is the one that got me the job, and uh, we worked with the. Uh, a plethora of our friends, which was made the job ever so more exciting. 
you guys are you guys are you guys are like always always mobbing as a wild bunch professor how did you end up getting that job why did you even get that job um it so my i have a i have a couple friends who are are twins from thailand uh named city sack and churro sack and they they got I, I don't know how they found out about the job but i remember this was i was in in high school i was so as soon oh I had to wait till I turned sixteen to be able to to be able to get the job. And Ralphie, I think that was the, the case with you too, right? Like as soon as you yes. turned sixteen. So, so as soon as I turned sixteen, um, uh, my friends were telling me, "Hey, so we we work at at the state at Qualcomm Stadium, and it's really great. Like we make tons of money. Uh, as soon as you turn sixteen, you need to to go apply." So um, I'll, I'll I'll never forget how I I had to t- go tell my teacher <clears throat> that my stomach hurt. So, so I left, the, I left the class and I, and literally it was one of those, like, uh, Sir Isaac was like on, on, put like on watch lookout to, to give me the signal to start running. So I could run, like oh, I, I had to run, man. run up the stairs to get off the campus, you know, to, to what, go to an interview or something to go. Yeah. To go apply, like to go to what I thought was going to be like an interview uh-huh. when, when in reality, like any you can pick up any person off the street and just you know they can be vendors like there it was no long, like, long as they have a, a social security number yeah it was a, it was a time specific thing it was like on a tuesday at two o'clock or something that you had to go to oh, oh right, right right it was during school hours and yeah it was a you took a math test and filled out an application know how to add yes and they gave you essentially just gave you a hat and a name and like welcome to the team so what, what was it was that your experience too rafa how did you how did so you you were told okay come down be a vendor I, what did you I do i also i actually also ditched school i i took the trolley there actually and i uh, showed up and you walked to like the underground of the stadium essentially and uh yeah showed up and it was just a little, it's like a white room. You sit on a folding chair. They give you, you take the, the little math test, little health uh, health department test. Like, you read the little pamphlet and stuff, and then it's official. You're a vendor. So so you said, uh, Professor, I think you said, uh, your friend said, uh, uh, Tom said that you, you can make lots of, tons of money, he said, um, which... I would, that's something I really never associated with vendors. I always thought vendors were kind of like a side job because I thought, well, you know, uh, apparently it's not a side job. Apparently, some people make a career out of it, right? Some, a few, a few okay. are able to. Okay, and and so and and I had this idea that I mean, really, I, I don't know why I had this idea because I see I see all types of vendors when I go to the game, but for some reason I thought it was always you know young college kids, young high school kids doing this, but. Who who works there? Who who's who's drawn to to vent to being a vendor to sell peanuts and cracker jacks at the at at the stadiums? Um, it's it it's a good it is a, a quite the mix and and you're right it is like you have your young so it's people like me and Ralphies and and our friends who are just you know kids in in high school, um, everywhere up up to you know fifty forty year olds. Uh, who are like veterans? Who that's that's for 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 a few that's like their only job, um, but they travel like they travel around like they they don't they work at multiple states. Some some would work events in San Diego, L.A., Arizona, even. Um, and I'd say in general, it's like a <clears throat> and and Ralph, you you could chime in on this. Um, it seems to be a job that kind of attracts the social outcast of of society. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
so there, so there's a bit of, of hucksterism in it, like like carnival people. Yeah. 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 That's absolutely. Uh, I mean, there was a yeah, there was strange people that. First of all, Qualcomm at that time was uh, completely locked down by Patrick Henry High School, and uh, and the Vietnamese mafia. Yeah. You mean like the, the you mean the vendors? The vendors. Yeah. You like pretty much other than like the the veteran vendors, you were either. Vietnamese and you got your job through a friend, like one of your Vietnamese friends, or you went to Patrick Henry High. It was, it, I think, it was safe to say about ninety percent of that were the vendors, maybe. That's true. I forgot about the yeah. There is a big Patrick Henry, like it, it's. I guess it's one of those jobs that it spreads through word of mouth, and um, yeah. So there were a lot of. Uh, I'm guessing my friends, City Sack and Churisack, probably heard of it through another kid in school. Um, I went to Patrick Henry, so yeah. Um, Patrick Henry High is where, where, where Professor went to high school, also the alma mater of uh, Ricky Williams. Uh, but Rafa, you didn't go to Henry, so because you had the cousin connection, is that what happened? I had, yeah, I had the cousin connection. I, I was, is, uh, if you know, know us, you know that we were very close and always hanging out. So I had like my group of high school friends, and then I had my whole separate group of Manny's high school friends. So that's who I spent. Most of my time with actually in high school, I didn't. Um, other than Tommy and that crew, I spent most of my time with Manny's high school friends, and uh, that, that that's how fun. I got in on that. So, so is this is this a, a male dominated uh, profession? Ralph, can you think? Can you remember? I I think I remember one female the, vendor. Kim, Kim the, the little pizza girl. Right? Ah, Kim. Yeah, yeah. Oh, two, two. Kim and there. Yes. Uh, yeah, we, you. We can literally remember the the two. Uh, the two vendors, two female vendors. So yes, it is uh, predominantly, predominantly yeah. male, predominantly guys with neck beards. Uh, <laughs> you know, like guys, like guys who smoke cigarettes, guys who like Howard Stern. You know, kind of that. It's uh, yeah, guys like who that. listen to Rock One Hundred Five. Um, yeah, yeah. S- but, smoke, smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Let's just say the guys that weren't working, uh, like high school. Like if you weren't in high school and you're working at the ballpark, you, you wouldn't want to leave your children with these guys. You know, you wouldn't want to like you would you would want to find them in a dark bar and like probably talk some weird shit with them, but definitely not babysit your kids. So 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 both of you take me through your. So you go to this on this Tuesday. You go and they give you an apron and they give you the hat and they make you. They find out whether you can do basic ar- arithmetic. So so uh, whoever wants to take me through your first day, I mean, it's selling something in you know to to in a stadium full fill of people. I mean, you're you're essentially parading up and down uh, the aisles, and and there's an audience, and 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 they're looking to buy stuff. But what what is that like that first day? Take me through your first day. Like, what what was that experience like? Uh, uh, whoever whoever uh, Rafa, tell me. Uh, my first day was working in the view section selling Coke. Or sodas, and that's probably that's by far the worst thing you can sell, because they're like these fucking. And I want to talk about that later. So, 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 let, just tell me, tell me, tell me, like, so you show up. What, what are they like? I mean, you're you're oh, what, sixteen you're, year old kid. You got your apron. You're like, are you nervous? Like, what's going on? Well, pretty much everyone that they like I was going to work with, like I already kind of knew a lot of the guys. Okay. And they're just like kind of they ran me through the whole situation. You go in, you check in, you're assigned a section. And then you go to your section, you check in there, and, they, and it's like a little sh- sales sheet. They give you a sales sheet, and then you kind of like, I don't know, like it's, it's, it's a really, it's a really weird thing because it's like, 
here you are, go ahead, performing in front of thousands of people, and you just walk out. It was it was almost, uh, especially working the view section, I remember walking out, and I could see the lights, and they're almost blinding. They're, like, right in your eye level from across the stadium. You're on stage. And, and you're, boom, you're on stage. And then you're, uh, Ralph, real quick, was this a Padre game or a Charger game? It was a Padre game. Okay. And, and those vary in the scope of performance, yes? Yeah. So what did you find was the ch- most challenging thing that you had to encounter that first day besides maybe going up and down the stairs? Was it, was it actually selling? Like, like selling the stuff? The fact that there's no one to sell anything to. It's <laughs> <laughs> a section and you got to sell, like you try to sell soda, $5 soda to like the same 25 people and you're like, damn. And then you have oh, to so you only stay in that section. section. Yeah. And you're selling soda. Yeah. Wow. Professor, what was your first day like? Yeah, same, similar to that. Well, I mean, one thing about about the job is they really just throw, they just throw you into the water. Like there's no, they provide you with no, absolutely no, uh, training, guidance, uh, instruction. <laughs> like no, it's basically like you just show up. It's your first day, and they're just like, all right, here's your product, go sell it. Like and that's it. Um, it's you. You have to rely on 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 the other on other vendors to to you know to show you the ropes and um <clears throat> for me it was a charger game and and charger games are are uh are a lot more intense they're a lot more it's just it's more full the fans are more rowdy and and it was the exact same thing it's, it's, and so for new vendors uh, you get the if you're a rookie you get the worst products and so um so they gave me soda um up on the view level at the very top and um and i was i was pretty scared dude because uh this like you know (laughs) the difference between ralph and i so for me like um it's these are like it's like 20 sodas or something they're heavy as shit dude (laughs) this is like a big ass thing that i'm fucking holding and 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 you're very like one one little trip you have to carry this upstairs and you know if something goes you're you're about to they're not bottled sodas they're sodas in drat like in cups so you can easily just drop that whole tray and you're and you're donezo you know um for ralph like the trays would like be strangling him like mm. <laughs> they're like you know they're like up to his like neck like he's trying they're like tiny on him and for me they're like they're like dragging me down <laughs> and so um um i uh and so, dude, the, the I, I I vividly I will never forget that 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 this is uh, my first job ever. The, my first time, like I've been given this responsibility of like here's money, and like don't fuck it up, and uh, and then you so you walk through. I remember walking through the the like the basically before you turn to go into the stands, and it really was like like right before going on to like you're about to give like the speech some speech in front of like this large audience like it's like in your mind it's like all right here we go you know and then you turn and it's like it's it's this wave dude of like just energy and this like and just people like a sea of people all who you think are all looking at you and they kind of are but you know obviously there's there's a whole game behind you um and yeah it was um it was super super nerve-wracking so then, how do you move from why are why are, I mean why are Cokes a, a a shitty product to sell besides the fact that what they get watered down by the eyes people don't want to buy Coke why why is that the shittiest I love I love a Coke during the game why why would that be a shitty thing to sell 
Because you can pay 50 cents more and go get a bigger one if you just stand in line. And it's not going to be watered down. And it's like, and it's just heavy. And it's fucking mm. messy. You wear a white shirt. Yeah. And you get soda all over your damn white shirt. So what, how does, how does a vendor move up? So what's the next step up from, from soda? You essentially got to just, you essentially just got to survive two days. Because you don't you know how many people just come in and like they hold the soda and they don't look at the they don't look at the crowd and they're like fuck this what am I doing here I shouldn't even be doing this job and they never come back so there's always a lot of guys to fill in that soda position you know and then you like work and you work like the the week shifts and like the weekday shifts and then like you get a steady little uh, you get sent to the same section every time and you're friends with the manager and then that's how you that's how you get the good products. Professor, how did you move out of Coca-Cola or selling Cokes or sodas? Um, yeah, dude, that's true. It's uh, something Ralph said I I I hadn't thought about, but that's true. The, you you would see a lot of a lot of guys come in and show up show up one day, maybe two days, and and never see them again. Because um, it is it's tough, dude. It's a hustle, and 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 um, I think really what it is, is 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 if those who are willing to commit to it, those who who stick around. As long as if you stick around and 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 over time you start showing that if you show up consistently, uh, be, oh, because another thing to keep in mind, you work when you want to work. So mm-hmm. if you don't if you don't want to go, you don't have to go. You're not on the schedule. <laughs> no, like the schedule is is the you know the event schedule. Mm-hmm. But there's uh, mandatory days. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, quote unquote mandatory days. But really, it's like you know the, the, it's. They have this whole pool of of vendors, and and they just rely on the fact that enough of them will will want to come in and to to make to work, you know, work and you work on commission. So, um, you know, we had buddies who who through us were like, oh, okay, like I'll try it out, and they just, you know, it, it just they couldn't, it just wasn't, they weren't feeling it, um, and 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 would wouldn't really show up. But um, I think as long as you keep showing up, you the manager starts seeing, okay, this this person can do it. Um, and, and once, and, 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 and one, and, and if you, if you can start moving product, so if they give you soda and you come back and, and at the end of a game, it's like, whoa, like this kid just sold, you know, three racks of soda. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now the managers keep that in mind. They, they recognize you, they know you and, and you're kind of, you're, you're working your way up the totem pole. So, so it's a hustle. You have to be, you, you have to perform in some, some way, right? Um, so, 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 so maybe because it is a hustle, then it, it attracts people who maybe are intimidated by the idea of hustling and carrying sodas up and down stairs and having to perform and sell them. But what makes a good vendor? What, what makes, what makes you, what makes a, a good vendor different than a not so good vendor? You're, you're a salesman. So it's just like your personality. You're, uh, um, I don't know. It's just. You just have you're selling yourself essentially, yeah. And then you have regulars. You have people that like specifically wait for you to come around during a certain inning just to buy like your product from you. Wow. You know, it's like, oh, you know, Johnny's gonna buy this, and at the seventh inning stretch, or you in the fourth inning after he has his hot dog, he gets his ice cream. You know, it's, it, it gets it gets to that point. But essentially, you're just selling yourself. I had fucking I had dreadlocks and wore sunglasses that night. That was my oh yeah. <laughs> and the and the the ro- the the red yellow green uh, headband. Yeah. Oh yeah, they had the red. Uh, the, the, so that stands yeah. out. Yeah. 
dreadlocks, <laughs> shades, six seven guy selling. <laughs> what were you selling that day? Ice cream sandwiches was my thing all the That's time. That's ridiculous. Uh, professor, did did uh, what was your gimmick? What did you do? I don't think I didn't really. I I I think gimmicks help, um, but it's not necessary. I because I, I I don't I don't. Would you say I, I don't I don't think I. No 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 no. You don't um, have to have gimmick. You it, it helps, but it's. Uh, so so I mean it, it depends on how you want to perform it, right? But but professor, you you just you just you just played it straight. I, I right? just, you played your part straight. But what? Tell me what gave you an edge. What did you do? Um, I worked hard, I think, and 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 and, and so did Ralph. Like uh, I think, really, what what separates the the men from the boys in in vending is 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 how hard you're willing to to work. Yeah, this is um, this is a testament of of how of of like guys were down to work, and me and Manny were those guys. We would uh, so when the Marines came on Sundays, they sat up in the view section. We used to all run up that fucking little curly Q thing, <laughs> like we're running up just to get to the Marines to like, because this is the first time they get to eat non-cafeteria food in like however long they are in boot camp for, and these guys devour food like, oh my god, they eat like ten slices of pizza, five ice cream sandwiches. They're just eating everything. <laughs> Literally, no, so literally, make, like, yeah. th- th- that's not an exaggeration. No, like, it's that's, not an exaggeration. Yeah. Everything. Like, they're just, like, all that money that they've made, they're just spending it all at the stadium. And, like, they're fucking, dude, they're they're crazy. But, like, you have to run up the little curly cue just to get there. And there's some guys, like, and some guys are like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. But if it's a, regularly, it would be, like, a, I don't know, a 10,000 or, like, I don't know, 20,000 attendance game. But because the Marines were there, like, there was no money to be made without the Marines being there. And it was like, mm. and some guys would just like sit it out, you know, you, you can, you can quit whenever you want. So at any point you can go work, work two innings and then, and, and check out and be like, okay, I'm done. Um, so, so, uh, the job largely depends on, on your own, your own, uh, willingness to, to work. So, um, you know, you, you have some guys who after five, six, and 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 we would be be that too. Some, there there'd be some nights where where Ralph and I would just because we would go together, and leave together, we'd kind of come to an agreement of like, um, yeah, like do 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 we want to go hard tonight or, or take it easy? And and um, you could you could stop working after like the sixth inning or so. Um, but if but but I'd say early on because we were we were driven to to do well and to make money and to work our way up. Um, we would, we would work late into the games and, 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 and also you have to be, it, it is a, there, there is a camaraderie amongst vendors, but it's also this, like, there is a, a degree of like ruthless competition too, because you're, mm. you're, you're competing with each other in the sense mm. that, uh, at least, so, uh, you're not the only person selling soda or you're not the only person selling peanuts. There's other, uh, there's someone. There's other people selling that same product, and and in a sense, you're 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 competing with them. So it's very entrepreneurial, very capitalistic. Yes. Yeah, completely. Elements of that. Um, so we said soda in the in the upper deck section really sucks. Um, what is what is the the ultimate thing you want to sell in what section? Just very quickly, like what what is the what is the 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 prize the the brass ring of vending? B one baby. <laughs> and which is that? That was the that was the the section for the field level, which Manny uh, worked a lot. Manny had a very different. Uh, he was like a, a hustler. Like he was always like top product. He was always selling top products. I, on the other hand, was I was always the only guy selling ice cream sandwiches. So 
I went everywhere in Manhattan. Like, but he, but if you're in field, like if you're the field level, that's the people who come to spend money, you know. So like, if <laughs> if you got B one, B one or pizza was well, the top the thing to get. So so selling in in the field level in the in the in the expensive seats is like the equivalent of of working at like a, a white tablecloth, a fine dining restaurant, professor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Huh? Kind of, yeah. It, it really does depend. So, so, so it's the section, but there's not like a product that people want. So it's it's section and product. And then something that I learned that I was really fascinated by is is the day and the and the team that's in town is plays into that, right? The weather. There's all these elements besides just the product that you're selling, correct? But is there a universally like hot item that people want to sell on a cold night and a hot day? Is there one thing that people want to buy? What is that? Pe- is there a thing? Peanuts, like pe- peanuts. peanuts, cracker jacks. That's like the that's the. If you, if you establish yourself as a peanut and cracker jack seller, you you you're you have a product that's always going to be solid. Like it's always it's it's a, it's always a steady. You're not going to have a bad night with it ever. Where where the thing is with other things like with ice cream or with pizza or with cotton candy, um, those. On on some nights they could be really bad, but on some but on some <clears throat> days could be you can make like hundreds of dollars. Um, you know, if you sell ice cream on the right on 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 the right night uh, or on the right day um, to the right crowd, you know, you you can make way more than 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 peanuts. So your pay works on commission. What's what percentage? What cut do you get? How does that work? Probably. I believe it was, it was eighteen to twenty two percent, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what. I, yeah, huh. so, yeah. Of, of each of each thing you sell, or of your total total of your total sales. Yeah. So in, if you don't sell, so you get you get a base minimum of forty dollars just for just for showing just up. For showing up, that's and, not bad. Yeah, and so you get forty bucks. It's actually pretty up. great. Yeah. Um. Like yeah, I mean, for again, like we're 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 in high school. Like we had nothing. All that money was just just money to spend on on. Uh, Posters, <laughs> trapper yeah. keepers, yeah. What, what else? School supplies. Yeah, and so <laughs> a lot of pot and a lot of smirnoff ice. Yeah, um, so forty bucks just to show up, but then if you sell, if you sell more than forty dollars worth of or, or whatever, if the amount that you if sell, commission, if, if your commission, commission is under forty, um, o- over if forty. If you break, yeah, if you break forty bucks on your commission, then. It goes up there. Oh, that's good. And the more you sell. So this is fairly lucrative. You can make money oh, yeah. off of this thing. Oh yeah. And that's what I think most people don't understand. So Rafa, you show up at the you show up at a at a uh, a Sunday Padre game and <clears throat> and you you get to decide which thing you you know, which product you're gonna sell. And how how do you Tell me all the things that that factor into deciding what you're going to sell that day. Well, I mean, on a Sunday, Sunday baseball game, I mean, you want to be selling ice cream for sure. Uh, you want to, again, peanuts, Cracker Jacks are always the big seller. And <clears throat> you're going to sell kid-friendly shit, essentially. Uh, the little, the Minute Maid uh, little sorbet things. Mm-hmm. Um Kid friendly stuff, and then and then Sundays, of course, were the Marine Day. So, actually, anything even the soda guy made money on Sundays. Like, just like everyone killed it on Sundays. Just just so, going, just selling to the Marine, just going to that one section. 
It's really? because the Marines. rest of the yeah. team really? got no, mm-hmm. you, nobody awesome. else got serviced. Just the Marines. It's like Gringos and TJ. <laughs> you just like you just hit them up. They're gonna buy something. Uh, so, Professor, uh, you show up on on that same Sunday. Rafa's Rafa's doing ice cream, but you 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 know because I think you well nobody said it, but I, I'm I'm hearing there's a there's a lot of psychology involved into this job, into into making the assessments based on on crowds on the day and all these other factors and, and, and moods and things of that nature. But how, how, if you want to take a, if you want to gamble professor, you show up and Rafa's selling ice cream and it's a hot day. Um, what kind of factors could play into you making a, a wild card decision where all of a sudden you're selling something that maybe nobody else thought of. And now you've made a lot of money. Um, <clears throat> well, so, well, one thing you have to keep in mind is also the, the the seniority of vendors and and so you can't necessarily like i i was there the only times that i could show up and i had it to where i could i could pick what i wanted would be if certain people didn't show up who were like who were the prime time players like who were the top dogs um and and those guys tended to be you know you know dudes who were older who had been working there for over a decade who, who, um, you know, you, you had, you had certain, <laughs> so it's so funny because within this, within this little world of vending, you have, you have guys who in the outside world, like in outside of the, 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 the stadium, uh, they're just, you know, they're jabronis, but within the vending world, they're rock stars, you know, like we, they would show up, <laughs> like they show up and we're all like, Oh dude, like, like Danny's here, you know? <laughs> The Novak brothers. Are traveling. The Novak brothers. Those are guys that traveled. Those are the guys that traveled. So like when when you were graced with their presence, like oh shit, they came to work this event. Like all right, dude. Like and they're like the weekend guys. They weren't there on Tuesdays. What did they do? Why did they become so good at what they did? What did they do? They were hustlers, dude. Yeah. They yeah. move fast. They fucking no bullshit. Just like boom, 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 boom. Like and it's like yeah, like they. I don't know. I remember it took it would take you a while when like three people would want like a, like the same thing. And you're like, all right, that guy, that guy, that guy. And then you look and you're scanning the crowd like, oh shit, which was the guy? And the guy's like looking at you, but you still can't see him. But these guys were like, no joke. They're like, boom, boom, boom. They're just like throw out like five products and then collect the money as they're coming down the stairs. Like I'm just like, dude, how does you remember that shit? You know, <laughs> like they're just hustlers. They're just but if but is but does does hustle. So, like, the guy who works the hardest, is he going to make the most money? Yeah. Kind Man, of. Professor? Kind of. Kind of, yeah, yeah, kind of. Because you can work hard, but if you're selling, again, you can work hard selling soda. Um, yeah. But you're only going to make so much selling soda, you know, where where if you sell, where if you're selling peanuts, you can work half half the, put in half the effort and, and make more money. But uh, but if you work hard selling soda, it, it will pay off in the, like, eventually you will get noticed and, and you'll get promoted, you know, to, to something better. But um, it, it, it so so to the question of, you know, what do you keep, what are the all the factors? One of them, because you could be, you, you're first you're scanning who, who showed up to work that day. And when you look, you go, huh, like you're looking around, you go, I'm, I'm pretty like, I'm going to have a uh, top choice here, like looking, looking at who's here. And then, yeah. And then like the, the, the Kanopov brothers show up and it's like, oh, damn it. You know, like, they're, they're, they're going to take, you know, they're, you, once they show up, you know, like, okay, well, they're going to get were these, were these brothers, real brothers. So that's their last name. Were you guys yeah. nicknamed yeah, yeah. that? No, no. Oh, I call I call them Novak, but yeah, they're the Kanopov brothers. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Oh, okay. Dude, so no, then Novak was the, the aspiring actor. Okay. 
Brett okay, Novak. Okay, so then. Yeah. Um, so then <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking great. I love so, this. Continue. Yeah, yeah. So, so depending on who's there, you start to gauge. Okay, like where where am I going to be in 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 seniority and preference for mm. for what I get to sell. Um, but it's from those folks. Those are the dudes who we'd sit around and and you know if if you had. Uh, Ralph mentioned B1. Once I started working in the B1 section, that's when I got to sit around. We'd literally sit in a in like a boiler room, <laughs> like mm-hmm. but like underground below the, mm-hmm. the stadium, mm-hmm. and it's just vendors sitting around, you know, shooting the shit. And 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 with those senior guys, you just kind of pick their brain and you just listen to. And they're they're the ones who sit there and they drop those little nuggets of knowledge of like, oh well, you know, Chicago fans are in town, so you know, you know, hot dogs would be a good one to sell tonight. You know, it's like oh. Oh, what? Like, uh, I didn't know Cubs fan. Cubs fans love hot dogs. Apparently, you know, whatever you know, like whatever little things like that. If the Mariners were in town, mm-hmm. hot dogs aren't always great sellers. Mm-hmm. But uh, but if the Mariners are in town, you know that'd be a smart one to Not everyone knows sell hot dogs because the Japanese Ichiro fans will will they'll buy a lot. Uh, um, yeah, and, and so it's, it's just little little things like that, and you, and and those little things you just learn. From other vendors who have been doing it longer than you have, they show you those those little things. Um, so yeah, everything from from the weather to whether it's in, during the day, during uh, during the night, the type of uh, the city of the, the the fan base that's in town. Um, Can you change what product you're selling in the middle of the game? Can you call? I want to run out, but that never happened. Yeah, mm. you could. You could. You, um, you could like you can sell if you were if they really liked you, they would let you sell. Like say pizza during the most of the game, and then towards the end of the game, say uh, towards the end, people want to start eating sweets. So, and then towards the end of the game, they'll they'll let you start selling ice cream. <laughs> you guys are performers. You guys are waiters. Yeah. You guys are are hucksters. Wow. What were you gonna say, Rafa? Not everybody was uh, fortunate enough to be down in the boiler room. So if you weren't in the boiler room. Uh, you had to be on a concrete slab with uh, Vietnamese guys chain smoking. <laughs> so you made it to the boiler room too, Rafa? Was it a, a special club? A, a couple times, but I mostly sold ice cream out of uh, B13. With uh, which section is that? That's uh, that's the the plaza plaza section, uh-huh. and uh, and then you have free range of the stadium essentially. But um, the yeah, I worked with Vera and Warren. It's just like the, the, uh, the, these, all the people that work like the manager positions were vendors at one point. And mm-hmm. it's, and they, they would also drop some knowledge on you. They'd be like, oh, oh, like they kind of try to guide you in the right direction. Who, who, who actually, uh, uses the services of a vendor? I'm, I'm thinking, um, I never used to use a vendor until I had, still, I st- started taking Frida, my daughter to baseball games um, or any sporting event. And, and anytime I'm there, the vendors get me with something, you know, a cotton candy or something. And the reason I utilize it is because I don't want to get up. It's too much of a production to leave my seat with a six-year-old, you know? Um, it, so it's easier for me to just say, all right, here, give me what, what are you selling? I'll buy that. But I typically never, ever, ever bought anything from a vendor before that. Uh, even when I was a kid and I'd go to the ball game with my father, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd show up to the game and, and I'd get a Coke, some peanuts, and, uh, and, and a program every single time I went. But we never actually bought it from the vendor. We went up to the concession. Who buys from vendors? Is there a particular uh, uh, demographic, Professor? 
Uh, I don't know if it's a particular demographic, but I think you you hit on a you hit on a big one right there. Is is people with kids? The people that are there to really watch the game, like the people that bring their scorebook and stuff, mm-hmm. they utilize vendors a lot. I, I I have that. I associate scorebooks and selling stuff as as I do with the families too. So mostly, fa- I say families and they're like people that wear their headphones. <clears throat> Listen to the game on the radio. <laughs> do the scorebook that utilize vendors. You spot one of those and you go, okay, I'm going to sell to this guy. Because he doesn't want to be bothered also, with getting up. But they're also, they will like, if you stand in front of one of those people, whew. Oh. Say like. <laughs> I've, I've been chewed out bad by some of those folks for, for being in their way. Um, but you know, one some sometimes, a, a lot of times, uh, people buy from vendors if you can, you know, use use the, the can you persuade them into yes, buying something? Yeah, yeah. And, Tell me uh, about that. And I think that's where gimmicks come into play, and and yeah. that's where. Um, so you have some folk. Ralph, do you remember the dude like the the like kind of short fat guy with the mustache who sold Krispy Kreme donuts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he sang, and he like sang with like an opera voice. Yeah. Um. So he'd walk around and like he'd say like Krispy Kreme, you know, and. Uh, uh, there's that, and that will entice people to who normally wouldn't buy, to to buy. But um, but I think the most effective gimmick to use, and I think this is the only one that I ever used was was throwing your stuff. Mm. When when people when if you ha- but it's like it's a risky you're you're making a calculated risk in in, right. in, <laughs> in going into that because, I mean you need to be able to throw you need to have good accuracy. Um, and and if you don't, it could go sour really quick. Um, you gotta hope that if you're throwing an ice cream sandwich at them, they they know how to catch, right? Yeah. Well, but as long as you get it to them, then you've completed your your. Okay. your, your, your but uh, but I speaking of that, I um, I hit an old lady in the face <laughs> with an yes. ice with an ice cream sandwich. Like, and they're hard, dude. They're hard. They're frozen. <laughs> and I I hit her right in the fucking face. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> um, Did- what the hell happened after that? I got like booed out the section. Oof. Um, but but more often than not, it was a, throwing was really effective because if if you throw, people see that and and and, if, and and maybe it's because they're watching they're watching an event consisting of you know people throwing and catching balls, and it's just like well I don't know but uh, they see someone catch a bag of peanuts and they and suddenly all all these hands start raising. And really, what they want is all right. Throw, I, throw, I want to, I, I want to catch a bag of peanuts, <laughs> and so, and you can stand in one spot and 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 boom, boom, boom. You you sell a bunch of bags of peanuts in that section, and and now you have to memorize, remember who all those people. You gotta are. collect. You have to go collect. But um, but if so, if you are willing to throw, and you can do it well, um, you can persuade people to want peanuts who probably otherwise wouldn't have wouldn't have paid five dollars for a small bag of peanuts. Have you uh, have you seen the the guy at Peco with the churros and he goes churros like a machine gun? Have you seen that guy? <laughs> I've never seen him. No. Oh, dude, I've never seen that guy not sell a churro. I, it's amazing every time. <clears throat> just sells five at a time. He takes a churro, holds it like a machine gun. He goes churros <laughs> and shoots the whole section, and then he just sells like five every That's brilliant. Time. Yeah, that's I brilliant. Love it. He's that's a little great. essay looking dude. He's so funny and it's like it, that's his gimmick and he and he just sits there at the bottom of the section, doesn't like he's quiet on his way down and then he just like breaks into character 
and then you go boop, 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 and walks away. So people want to be entertained, and so if you entertain them, you, they're paying. They're paying for the entertainment, and then they, oh, and then, they, and then as a bonus, they get a churro or a bag of popcorn or of peanuts, right? Yeah. Yeah, and your, want, call is, so, your, your call is super important. So, yeah. so you can't call. just say peanuts and cracker jacks. You can't go peanuts, cracker jacks. You have to like, you have to put some some umph in your in your call, you know. And people like you, you got to get someone's attention because think about how often you actually hear a vendor calling out his thing, and then until that guy comes in, you're like, oh shit, like what did that guy say? He's selling peanuts. Yeah, like, <laughs> I used to love this guy at uh, at uh, I don't know, maybe you guys knew him or worked with him. At the at Qualcomm, who would do peanuts and cracker jacks, but he'd do it like to the song, like a vaudeville song, and he'd be like, "Peanuts and cracker jacks." That's you that's know? the Krispy Kreme guy. That's the Krispy Kreme oh, really? guy. Oh really? Yep. Yeah. That guy was cool. And you just kind of like, yeah, you wanted to buy some peanuts from. You, you mentioned. To Carnet Town, we got a man so skinny you can see his bones. We play on his ribs like a xylophone. With a pair of spoons, we get a rockin' song. You'll hear it all in Carnet Town. Hurry, 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 the house is almost full. We got a two-headed cow, and that's no bull. There's a man who swallows swords, and he never gets hurt. He's a razor blades for dessert. He's just about to shop this guy around. You'll see him here in Carnet Town. Uh-huh. Hurry, hurry, step this way. Uh-huh. Hurry, hurry, step this way. Now the show you're gonna see is strictly high class. There'll be ten hula dancers shaking their grass. So step right up and put your money down this way. To Carnet Town, we got a man so skinny you can see his bones. We play on his ribs like a xylophone. With a pair of you, you mentioned uh, S's, Rafa. Why aren't there more Mexicans um, working these jobs? I mean, isn't this like the perfect, the the perfect gimmick? The perfect gimmick for them? Like it's it's a hustle. It's working hard. It's it's selling. It's 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 a persuasion. Isn't this like right up the Mexican alley? Why aren't there more Mexican vendors? I think it's because you have to put on an act, and Mexicans are the guys are like, "Fuck, we're not gonna do that." But they they but dude, there there's a lot of Mexicans working behind the scenes. I'll tell you that much. Like all the guys, there, prep, huh? yeah, like all the guys that made the hot, like all the people, like. Wouldn't you say, man? Like the guys that change kegs, the guys that fucking—they do everything but sell the product. Yeah, yeah, you do see them more there, but it is, um, you know, I—I've always wondered about those. I always with, with the people working in the back, like uh, in the concession stands. I used to wonder, like, why are they? You could—they could be making so much more money if they vended instead, um, because they're being paid hourly, and mm-hmm. and there's not—you don't work that many hours. Um, I mean, there's not that many hours to work when it's when it revolves around just when events are in town, um, where where with vending because so so as vendors we're working, um, we're, we work half the 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 amount of time that they work and we probably make more than than twice than than they would, um, and I I get it for some for for some because they're you know they just physically wouldn't be able to do it but for for some like some of the younger people working the concession stands or working in the back I I would. It, it was something that 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 would kind of puzzle me. Like, hmm, I wonder if they know uh, how much more they could earn uh, vending. But um, uh, if if Mexican immigrants uh, like 
like if they if they got wind of vending, I think they I oh, think man. they're unaware of it. But if they got wind, like they would they would kill the game. They would they so would, so they would is it, it up. so is it back to this to this mafia of the Vietnamese and the Patrick Henry kids? Is there an element of that where where people can't get in, or or is it is it they just haven't they just haven't they haven't infiltrated, but eventually they will if some one of them finds out and they bring all their cousins and all of a sudden, um, you know. What's 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 what what do you think is happening? Why haven't they taken that over? The way it happened with the the, the Vietnamese mafia, all those dudes work at the airport too. Do you remember that, Ralph? They all worked at yeah, the airport. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so baggage handlers. Yeah, and so it's just a matter like they don't have a they they don't have a they could be pushed out if if another group comes in and and dude, if anything, I think our crew outsold those those guys. Oh yeah. Um, but but uh, I think it's just a matter of just know like if, if there's an unawareness. I, th- I think if if one <clears> dude goes in and starts and works as a vendor and realizes, well, there's a lot that you can make a lot of money here. Like there would be nights that Ralph and I would make like three hundred four. We made four hundred dollars in like one game, you know. Wow. Yeah. Um. And so it's <laughs> more than a teacher makes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and of course, this money at sixteen. <laughs> so. As as soon as they find and they like you said tell their cousins like dude, come come work here and and uh, little by little that could grow and and I think once that happens, mm-hmm. um, they will they 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 you know they'll they'll take over I mean take over in the sense that they'll be the best workers. That's uh, pretty fascinating to think um, that well. Just, just the, the so hustle alone doesn't get you the prize. Um, is is there an element of of exploitation that that maybe we haven't talked about of vendors? Like, so we're talking about the money that can be made. It's fun. You're 16. Uh, if you're all of a sudden now uh, in your 20s or 30s, and and that that becomes kind of your regular gig, is there an ex- exploit? What's the exploitation element to this job? Uh, I don't think so, man. I think it's. Uh... It's such a just do your own thing kind of job that I don't know. Yeah, so exploiting yourself if you're just if you're that guy running up and down <laughs> the coast to stadiums and stuff, but that's his choice. I mean, really, like there's absolutely no supervision whatsoever. You just do whatever the hell you want, and you work as many hours as you want. No one holds you accountable. There's guys that will show up. And check the roster. Be like, who's working? All right, what's the predicted attendance? Okay, and they just turn around and go home. Like, so no, I don't think so. No, there's beauty in that. It's like being a musician, or that's I. I really like that. Um, is it so? So could you potentially say that it's it's a meritocracy? Like, is it because it sounds like what you guys are saying that if you hustle, if you understand the psychology of it. And you're able to predict accurately based on certain uh, certain uh, factors that that you can make some money. Is 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 it is there a, is is this is this one of those uh, true and and only few have left the meritocracies? Is it a meritocracy, Professor? Yeah, I, th- um, I think it, it it has really strong elements of it um, because there is. It, it it does hard work and talent and skills do pay off, um, but there is still, you know, there is still nepotism. Um, there is still, 
you know, if 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 a man like you know, uh, Ralphie's and I were well liked, like the <coughs> the 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 higher ups liked us, mm-hmm. and that helped, like the and 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 maybe they liked us because we were good workers, but maybe part of it was just you know they just you know because you we, guys are likable guys, yeah, and we weren't part of the, like the Vietnamese mafia and uh you know the the like we just weren't i don't know yeah they they just liked it. and for for that reason we could get preference over sometimes if if you're well liked you might get um be be put in better positions and better spots than someone else who maybe um has all the same quality all the skills and and, and is willing mm-hmm. to work just as hard um so there is still that but um but yeah i i, I think there is it is largely a meritocracy um um, the, the exploitation, the only, the, the only argument that you can give for it being exploitation is, you know, do you think, do you think only getting a 17% cut of how much money you're making for, for, for the company, um, do you think that's unfair? You know, should it be, you know, are, are, are we getting far too little of a cut? And, um, I don't I, I, at the time I always felt that was a fair compensation. Yeah, well, you're right. That's probably that. That is, you bring up a really good point. This this job is like a perfect microcosm of America. It's a a, a perceived meritocracy. A there's racial elements, racial divide. There's nepotism. It, it sounds sounds just like you know, good old USA. Um, I love it, uh, Rafa. So 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 you so you tell me something. Do you think vendors are going to become obsolete? Um, no, absolutely not. Um, no, because you just still, you're going to go, I don't, when we used to sit in the collaborative seats, I didn't get, I didn't get up once. I just sat there and, uh, I bought from the vendors. I mean, there's no, I mean, the only thing you get up for is beer, but there's no, uh, there's no real incentive to get out of your seat. You know, and go get that. So it's not like, oh, I'm saving a dollar because this guy's in, you know, there's none of that. It's just, you just sit there and everything comes to you. Especially now. It's like before, it used to be peanuts, cracker jacks, cotton candy, soda, and maybe some other special thing, hot dogs. But uh, for the most part, now everything comes to you. Everything. <clears throat> I don't think so. Professor, what happens in a future where like 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 requesting an uber now i can request a um some 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 peanuts and i just hit a button on on, on an app and now instead of a vendor you have a, a a runner do you see a reality where that can happen um oh i think that already does happen okay it, yeah um but but that's still i i i think even further down It'll be it'll be a drone that'll kind of bring it to you, right? You know, like uh, or it'll be like it'll just pop up out of your, like it'll pop up from like under your seat or whatever. Like, uh, um, I think I think that that's that's possible. Do do they sell beer at, in any ballpark or stadium in California? Uh, not uh, California. Uh, vendors. That is. I don't I don't think so. Wait, I'm trying to think of Pac Bell. No, I feel like no. I've seen beer, but that's that's a good one. I don't think so. And, no? and, and, I don't uh, think in California you can. Um, it, California has really, coming from uh, from like working in the restaurant industry for as long as I have, California alcohol beverage laws 
are so insane and so strict. So I, I don't see how that would be a, a possibility that they would sell any beer in, anywhere in California from the stands. Yeah, because they vendors in other uh, stadiums and ballparks, they there's beer vendors, and that's that is the premium product, of course, to, to sell. We never we never had that opportunity. Um, but uh, I, and and I remember reading that it was the the it's at the urging of the CHP. Um, to, so people don't get drunk. Yeah, like if if you have if it, that's one way to minimize uh, drunk you know people leaving drunk, but um. Uh, but yeah, but no, going, professor, but, we, we, we already established that if they just sold alcohol throughout the entire game, right. it would cut down on binge drinking. We've already resolved that. We can send a letter to the CHP and let them know. What were you going to say, professor? Oh, but nothing. Just coming back to your, uh, uh, that original question. Yes. I, I do think there, there could be a day where vendors are, are, you don't need, we're already seeing what you said where you just, you hit a button and a runner comes to you. They already have that in like, in the premium, like, uh, like the premium seatings in in certain ballparks and stadiums. Um, now it's it, I, the the next step will be when it's just completely automated when when it'll be robots coming to and bringing you your your stuff. But do you think Rafa, that will be for the entire stadium though? Because I mean, well, I was I was I was going to ask you this next, Rafa. Rafa, one first question is so you, so now you've gone from being a vendor to a runner, which is a job that exists in 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 the service industry. There's a person that just brings plates out. And isn't actually having to perform. Uh, does that does that make your does that make the job of vending more attractive or less attractive? And then all of a sudden you're running stuff back and forth. Are you are are you now entitled to collecting a commission? You now you've just become uh, you've just become basically a sherpa uh, for the stands. Um, does that change how you like? Would you still want to be a vendor? Would you want to be a runner, Rafa? Uh, I don't think so. I I wouldn't want. It wouldn't be an appealing job to me. I feel like the vending thing was like the ideal job for a teenager where you like, A, get to go watch a baseball game, B, get to hang out with your friends, and C, like you're out there like performing and slanging stuff to to people in the crowd. You know, you meet people, you it's it's there's a there's a huge social aspect to the vending uh, job. Like, uh, I don't know if it is for everybody, but I feel like Manny and I and a few other guys like develop good relationships with people that we still know to this day that were simply people we would see on a regular basis at a pondering game. Yeah. So there's a familiar element to it. Like there's like a a a, a group. There's a subculture that you're a part of. Yeah, you had your people in sections, you would go places like you knew that as soon as you got to right field that you're gonna see so and so and this person and like sell this person that and hang out with them and you bullshit with them. You made games. You started doing things like uh, annoy people. Like if somebody hated you, you you fucked with that person, you know. <laughs> so it's just one of like there's like there's a thing. This is an actual thing. Like dude, there's a guy in section so and so and he hates it when you stop in front of them. So what does everybody do? The word gets to spread around, and everybody goes, and everybody has a story about how this guy yelled at them because they said, and like shit like that. So, I I think the it would definitely lose its attractiveness because there's there's a complete social aspect to to the job. Professor, would you be a runner? No, no, um, not 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 because like you know that's a it's an honorable job, but um, but not it doesn't sound as fun. 
which I think that's a, what Ralphie's is saying is, you know, part of being a vendor, the reason we, aside from the, the fact that it was a, a, a nice little lucrative job to have, um, it was fun. It was just, it was fun going to work. It was fun. We, we would spend, we'd have to get there an hour before the game. And for that, for, for that hour, we'd sit around just hanging out, uh, eating that we, we'd get fed, um, and, you know, sit around eating, talking, and then you go work. You're part of a, a, a you're, you're in an environment where everybody's having a good time. Um, and and let's not forget that you're in the stadium of your home team that you are a big fan of. Right, 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 right. Exactly. And so at any point, you can just kick back and watch the game. Um, you can stop working and you can check out and, and st- you're still you're in this you're in the ballpark already. So you can, um, you know, watch the game. So I, I forget that I forget that we for however long. For, I, I I don't remember how many years we we worked there, but um, um, but for during that time we were going to every Padre game, <laughs> right? yeah. like um every Charger game, um, and so um, no, I I I guess as a runner you could do that too, but there's this, uh, I don't know, there's there, there's something more um, I don't know how to describe it, but there there is something in, in being a vendor um. There's something just just fun about it, Rafa. What's the what's the essential value of the vendor? I mean, here we're making a strong argument, a uh, strong case for it, and obviously, I don't need to go on a on a sentimental diatribe for for grandstanders to know how I feel about the idea of vendors. But Rafa, what's the essential value of them? What would the grandstand lose if there were no longer vendors uh, yelling peanuts and cracker jacks? Um. The, the experience it would be it would be like dramatically changing a rule in baseball I feel um, it would be like changing the entire game because it has been a part of it for I mean th- I'm just assuming this is true but I feel like the the vendor and like the experience of that has been part of baseball for a very long time and people in, I feel people enjoy it people like it. People, like, you would never pay $5 for a bag of peanuts, but here's this guy tossing it to you and making it exciting for you, and it's all part of the experience. And, um, yeah, I think like, I think it would be, like, changing a dramatic rule in baseball. It would change everything. Professor, what would the grandstand lose with vendors no longer uh, huckstering? Um, yeah, I, th- I think I think uh, Ralph explained it perfectly. Um, and and earlier when you s- the fact that you remember, you remember the peanut and cracker jack vendor who would sing mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that 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 right there. That that was he contributed to your to, experience. to yeah. your experience and to the nostalgia. Um, <coughs> Absolutely. And and in many and many of the vendors out there are characters and they're they're good at it. They're funny. They're they they they. They they add to that experience, so um, I I think that's what what uh, they're they're overlooked. You know, you for you, you when you think about going to to the game, you don't think about the vendor, but um, but they they're that they 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 play that subtle yet essential role. I when I was uh, doing the the coffee gig with the Padres, I found myself in the room with Mark Grant, just a couple other guys, and I, and I told Mark Grant, I said, "Hey, man." I used to be the guy with dreadlocks that sold ice cream sandwiches at Qualcomm. 
and he started laughing. He knew exactly what I was talking about. Because wow. him and Rick Sutcliffe used to like point me out at games. Because come on, there's a guy wearing a, a Rastafarian headband with dreadlocks, wearing sunglasses at an ice game, selling ice cream sandwiches. It'd be it, like at one point, Yoshi would record it. That's the funny thing. Yoshi would record <laughs> and be like, "Yeah, they're talking about you again on TV." And uh, and I told Mark Grant, and he's like, and he just started laughing. He's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> he's like, "That's so funny." And we just had a, a brief little chat about it. So. I and I have vendors I know and like the churro guy and like guys I remember. Remember the 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 guy the dressed like they looked like Gary Templeton. The, the guy who mopped. Yeah, the mop guy. <laughs> and it's just it's all part of so many people's experience. I feel that and the subtle things that remind that bring you memories of a ball game. You know. And thank you, Rafa, for mentioning that guy. I, he wasn't a vendor, but he was a like a I guess you could call a custodian. Um, but he had a he, he basically it was kind of uh, I, I think it became a gimmick afterwards. But he, he literally would go around the plaza section to clean up probably someone's puke or throw or spills or whatever whatever I don't know what the heck he's cleaning up. But he walked around. And he had a uh, Gary Templeton was a shortstop of the San Diego Padres in the eighties and nineties, and uh, he he had a Jerry Templeton for a long time had a Jerry curl, and this guy also had a Jerry curl, and he'd wear a hat, and he kind of looked like Templeton, and people would yell from the stands, "Tempe," because he looked like Gary Templeton, and he people would clap like it was the most ridiculous thing. And then when Templeton retired. People would still yell Tempe because Templeton was a beloved player of the of the San Diego Padres, and I remember yelling Tempe to this black guy who looked nothing like Gary Templeton, but because he had a Jerry curl and a hat, it was like Tempe, and people would clap and they'd like you know get excited to think that it was Gary Templeton mopping up our crap. Um, <laughs> a lot of people forget how much. Well, that's not true, but one of the things we're trying to do with this season is to shed some light on on all of those characters that make not only the spectacle possible but that enrich the spectacle so that it, <clears throat> you know we can we can certainly say I can certainly I certainly talk a lot about how uh, there's there's too many distractions going on and, and it's no longer about the game but um, whatever I think is irrelevant because these things will continue but without these elements like the vendors like uh, like a referee, like a <clears throat> people who uh, hit play on those uh, on the on the on the on the on the stadium PA system, all these people they contribute to the beauty of of what is is the sports spectating experience, and and the vendor of course is an absolute essential one that I think uh, gets forgotten or maybe they're kind of in the background. But I mean, based on this conversation today, we we again made a, an excellent argument for how vital an element they are of the spectating spectacle, I certainly hope they don't become uh, obsolete. I do see it becoming obsolete, and I do see it becoming obsolete in, in the middle sections, in the, in the middle class sections, in the, in the, in the sections where uh, people who can push a button and have the food runners come to them. Um, um, but I'm thinking maybe not the, not, not the, <clears throat> not the, the whole idea of vendors, I think, is going to change. But I, I could still see the people in the upper deck and the people in the expensive seats still requiring that kind of interaction with a person to purchase something, because um, uh, the people in the expensive seats they don't want to be bothered with uh, having to 
God forbid, get up and buy their own beer. And the people in the expensive seats, they've you know, not in the expensive seats in the upper deck. They, you know, they paid too much money to get to this game, and they don't want to have to get up and have to uh, uh, miss any part of it. And that's just a theory. Anything you want to add to that, Professor? Yeah, pe- people at the top, um, like you mentioned earlier, uh, whether whether at the bottom or at the top. Uh, you know, bringing your kids, uh, indoctrinating your kids within the spectacle is a is a vital part of of of, um, of sports. And um, and if and and in order to to indoctrinate your kid, um, you're gonna have to buy him shit. <laughs> right, right, right. That's that's how we do things here in the good old U.S. of A. We we purchase we purchase things uh, to create memories, and and we forget that it's the experience ultimately that lasts longer than anything we buy, right? But in a really strange circular way, it's the buying of the thing by these performers that are an absolutely essential part of the experience that we remember these beautiful things, right? Um, the vendor is just as essential as the organ player. I think we've made a, a a very good argument for why vending is an absolutely essential part of the spectacle. Um, were we able to demonstrate that competition is economically ideal, Professor? I mean, did we? Did Ralph, we, did Ralph we just... how, what would happen if? What, what do you think would happen if we just got paid? If we all got paid the same hourly base salary? Ah, uh, that would suck. I guess there'd have to be other things to pull you into it, right? Why would anyone want to do that, right? And so part of yeah. why we do it is because it's lucrative, right? Yeah, you're selling a you're selling a one dollar product for six seven dollars five six dollars, like not even like a hot dog probably is like a few couple cents to make. Hot dogs are serving there, and you're selling it for six bucks. I mean, it's only fair that you pay these people based on commission, right? Yeah. They're making a killing. Popcorn. You're, you're part of you're part of the fucked up conspiracy of uh, of jacking up prices. You like the people who push those pills that are really expensive. You know, um, our our friend, um, one day that he was assi- he was given cotton candy to sell, he gathered the uh, all the because there weren't that many that day. There was only a, a few guys selling cotton candy throughout the entire stadium, and he he, he called a meeting amongst them and he said, "Hey guys, we had a union. If, if we no, um, even, no, no, like the opposite almost. Um, <laughs> if, if we jack up the price, if all three of us agree." to charge to to charge everyone uh like 50 cents more for cotton candy today we'll all be pocketing an additional 50 cents for every single cell which adds up over time uh and so um uh they they colluded to to uh jack up the price of of, of a product um illegally <laughs> without without anyone knowing <clears throat> that's fabulous that's that's real made in america shit right there right i love that this is the same guy who to to make more money and and to go faster would uh would come to work with the wheels on his shoes, you know? The shoes with the wheels <laughs> on the heel. Are you fucking kidding me? No. And he actually put them to use, of course. Oh yeah, yeah, he was good. He was a hustler. That's what that's what I'm talking about. The experience of that place was just an amazing experience. We made uh I don't know, man. It was it was if it, it was the best job slash worst job for a teenager. Like you're making too much money and there's no rules. I mean, we, it was, I don't know. We we just fucked with people 
we had a good time, and it was just, it was the best job ever, really, at that time. Well, it was great. Here you have it, folks. Don't be talking about there's no work. Go to your local stadium, be a vendor. I mean, literally, just show up on Tuesday. We'll give you a hat. (laughs) Make sure you get your adding skills in order. Um, So I don't want to hear this shit about there's no work. Um, And and also, yeah, just work harder, damn it. Um, That's that's really the ticket um, because clearly, if you still if you still after this episode don't believe that there's any uh, meritocracy left in the world or that capitalism in its truest, rawest, most fucked up form doesn't work, then you've completely missed the whole point of the show. Um, but, you know, again, I just, I really hope for the sake of the experience uh, of, of, of being a fan in the stands and for the sake of me being there with my six-year-old daughter, not wanting to have to get up to, you know, to, to, to do this, the, the cotton, look for a cotton candy. I mean, it's really difficult to find the damn cotton candy. Um, I, I really hope vendors don't go away. And it, it would be really nice if vendors could bring me a beer to my seat. Then I for sure would be a, a complete and total uh, patronizer of, of – uh, I would patronize uh, uh, beer selling. But then I was thinking, as you guys were saying, do you think the, the, the snobby-ass, pathetic uh, 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 beer connoisseurs of San Diego would stand for an IPA that's been sitting in, in a crate for longer than you know five minutes? Do they uh... drink that beer? I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody buys two beers at a time, so why, what's the difference? That's true. Good point. Excellent point. Uh, Professor, anything else you want to say? By the way, I am one of those pathetic uh, beer snob connoisseurs, so I'm just talking shit. Professor, anything you would want to? Yeah, I think actually, I think we should use this platform to advocate for, for better rights for the vendors. Um, uh, one thing I would suggest is you know put some padding on the on those on the like the the, the, Ooh, the yeah the, the, the the strap that you have to wear you know like yeah like, um <laughs> if there's any like now that we've we've, we've been putting over this job uh really hard but, but let's talk about some of the you know the, there is room for improvement uh for the conditions of these poor vendors and um sometimes you know when when you're sending out a kid to sell out, to carry this big thing of tray of waters um yeah put some padding on that strap for them uh the hot dog vendor who like is walking out with this like burning hot like you know this like metal box where he he keeps the hot dogs like put some padding on that thing dude like um so there is room for there so there is some exploitation the working conditions could be improved thank you for mentioning that they're the 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 marks the marks element of the argument today uh, uh, Marxist element. Um, uh, Rafa, anything else? You, I mean, since we're since Professor kind of started this, anything else you want to add that we really need to advocate for? Just, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. The the straps. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, you have. Uh, you should uh, uh, teach people about like at least have a pamphlet in the workbook. Like, hey, you should wear proper shoes. Hey, you should probably stretch before. Hey, you should do this. You know, things like that. <laughs> That would be good, because uh, I'm sure. Uh, so, Rafa, I heard that you have pamphlets, these. Yeah, these are shot by now, walking on concrete all his life. Dude, you you should not be a union leader uh, if that's what you're gonna do for your workers is just provide them with pamphlets. <laughs> on, what, on what type of shoes to wear? The bare minimum is what the <laughs> the pamphlet should be. The bare minimum. Yeah, at the very least. 
the very least. In 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 the off chance, in the off chance that this man somehow listens to this podcast somehow some way, um, I think Manny would uh, also uh, agree with this. Too. We'd like to give a shout out to Sergio. He's out there. He was a vendor at Qualcomm, and if we could ever find this man again, that would be great because he was he was a grade A individual. Well, Sergio, we're going to find a way to get you to listen to this episode because you just got a shout-out from, from Rafa Palmer and, 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 and the professor. But I really, again, uh, unless you have anything else, boys, I really want to hear your, your vending call. You have to. It's, it's not something you can just do. It's, a, it's that, that lights, camera, action thing, you know? I, I understand that. Make a peanuts and cracker jack call. I know professor can do it. Peanuts, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but mine was a little slower. The peanuts, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how the fuck do you yell "ice cream sandwich"? Is what I want to know. Your ice cream sandwiches, yeah. <laughs> the first time I I sold ice cream sandwiches, I didn't know I I didn't know whether I should yell ice cream sandwiches or or because they were called big Kahuna's. <laughs> did you yell big kahunas come on man. yeah so at one point so i tried it i said well i'm gonna try to say yell big kahunas and see if maybe that and so I, yeah going around going like big kahunas yeah you know and uh um event, even another vendor was like dude just call them ice cream sandwiches <laughs> oh big kahunas is absolutely 100 percent way better um, so, so it's funny, you, you guys doing your calls, uh, there's, there's like a, there's like a, like a old timey vaudeville element to it, huh? Totally. Like, a, like uh, a, from, from the carnival, from the, from, from the spectacle. Yes. We, we were carnies. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And we, I think we mentioned that at the beginning. Yeah. Which is why it attracts that kind of, uh, that, that circuit, the carny circuit element, which are some of my favorite kind of people. Um, like, like Rafa said, you don't, not the people you want to leave your children with, but people you probably want to have a beer with and, and shoot the shit with. Yeah. The, oh, to, and this is uh, the best, the, uh, Ralph, would you say probably like the best vendor, um, uh, was remember Danny. Uh-huh. So Danny was this guy who was just like, all of us looked up to him as like, man, that guy is a machine. Mm-hmm. And Danny, um, he probably did meth. Um, uh-huh. and, like seriously, he probably did. Mm-hmm. He maybe maybe was an alcoholic, um, but so he would work various <clears throat> various stadiums um, mm-hmm. throughout California and and and, and Arizona and and um, and he was just extremely good. Like he just would make would sell a ton, um, and uh, and and his so that was the only job he had. And so basically, he would work uh, throughout the year, and then and then he he would take a break and he'd go to Thailand. And he'd like chill in Thailand for a couple months and then come back and work. And that was like, that was the routine of his life. Yeah. That's like the American dream, man, for a lot of people. Yeah. Hookers and blow for a season and then back to work. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fucking way to do it, folks. Now that I know what goes on in Thailand, geez, that guy, (laughs) that guy was a dirty motherfucker. Hookers and blow. I mean, does it surprise you? I mean, it doesn't at all, but I was like, I was like, that's cool, he goes to Thailand. And I'm like, what does he do, hang out on the beach? Cool. 
<laughs> he goes to Thailand to, to like, infect people. All the with sex he doesn't have during the baseball season, he has it all <laughs> in Thailand. Well, he's probably like one of those guys that you know the coaches tell you not to have sex during the during the season or during the game, you know, or before the game, not during the game, of course. Although I'm sure that's happened at some point. There's a funny story about Roberto Alomar, second baseman for the San Diego Padres, had to take a shit during the in between innings, and he went to take a shit, and it was his at bat, and they're waiting for Roberto uh, Alomar, and he's not coming, he's not coming. Like, apparently, he was still stuck in the shitter. Taking, I guess, the longest shit ever, and and the the game was held up, and then nobody knew why, and it was because the guy was taking a shit. It's pretty funny, I think. Did Roberto Almar run over your foot? Yeah, did that too. I still have that shoe. He signed he it. Si- he signed your checkered fan. Mm-hmm. Thank you, folks. That was a beautiful, wonderful episode. Thank you, Rafa, for joining us. That was an awesome conversation. Um, uh, this, we're going to dedicate this episode to Sergio, wherever he is. Sergio, was that his name? Sergio. Sergio. And, and, Secret girlfriend. And, and uh, <clears throat> I've been trying to plug this for the last two episodes, but I keep forgetting. Um, uh, hashtag collects it in everything you do. Go, go find out about California Secession and also um, uh, get to work, cabrones. Trabajar con nieve y con frío. Con la fe del que ha de triunfar Porque el agua que lleva al río No regresa nunca del mar El trabajo nace con la persona Va grabado sobre su piel Y ya siempre le acompaña Como el amigo más Más tener confianza y luchar por algo mejor Trabajar con fe y esperanza por lograr un mundo de amor El trabajo nace con la persona, va grabado sobre su piel Y ya siempre le acompaña como el amigo más fiel Arrastrar la dura cadena Sin tregua y sin fin Es lo mismo que una condena Que ninguno puede eludir El trabajo nace con la persona So so it's a hustle You have to be You, you have to perform in some, some way, right? Um, so, 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 so maybe because it is a hustle, then it, it attracts people who maybe aren't intimidated by the idea of hustling and carrying sodas up and down stairs and having to perform and sell them. But what makes a good vendor? It's it's not something you can just do. It's a it's that that lights camera action thing, you know. Hey, that's yeah. Kahuna, yeah. Ice cream sandwiches. Yeah. Big Kahuna's, yeah. Peanuts and Cracker Jack. It was the best job ever, really. <laughs>